0: Father God, I praise you for the blessing of being with these people today. Father, for every need that was brought for you, we trust you. For every heart that has lifted itself to your praises today, as a people who are created to praise, Lord, may we always direct our praise to you, our creator, the one true God in heaven. In the name of Jesus. Meet us here, Lord, I believe you are. Speak through these passages today. We trust you. In your holy name, amen. Amen. 78 years ago, this very weekend, there was an event that happened that you may have thought about this weekend, but it was a kind of an event that that shook the world, shook the country. It was 78 years ago yesterday that in a a place called Pearl Harbor in Hawaii where on a quiet Sunday morning, people were getting up and they were just casually having breakfast, having coffee, many of them making their way to church, not thinking anything of what their day was going to look like beyond the normal Sunday schedule, when as you're fully aware for 2 years prior to that day, Japan had been planning and orchestrating this attack on Hawaii and Guam and the Philippines, December 7th, 1941. For 3 years, Franklin D Roosevelt had done his best to remain neutral in the war in Europe, but it was on this day the life changed. Life changed permanently. Many lost their lives, many would lose their lives. And the country of the United States of America would be permanently marked by this day, permanently changed. And it was on this day, December 8th, 1941, that FDR declared war on Japan, launching the United States into World War II. That one event changed history. It changed a lot of lives. That one event, if you could go back to December 6th, 1941, you're living in a very different world than you are today because that one event changed America. When we look back over the, the course of major events throughout time, we see many events, the highlights of your U.S. history courses in high school. We see world, events that changed the world Declaration of Independence, Louisiana Purchase, the Civil War, even the stock market crash in 1929, and then in World War II, the attacks on Hiroshima that ushered in nuclear war and eventually the Cold War. And then, of course, for those of us uh, in our our more recent history, of course, 9-11 changed the course of history. The day before will never be the same as the day after. Those of you who were around when JFK got shot, you probably remember exactly where you were and what you were doing and how much that changed your life. Nuclear war changed your life. My mom talks about uh, my mom talks about uh, hiding under her desk and things like that for fear of a Soviet attack, right? Our students do far different things now. For me, in my generation, I remember exactly what I was doing sitting in ninth grade algebra class whenever someone came down the hall and poked their head in and told my teacher, Mrs. Howard, that the World Trade Center had been attacked. It sticks in, in our brains because it is a major change to our life, a permanent change to our worldview and our experience of living in America. Seemingly... Normal days, we wake up and things change. We're, we're living our life. We're plugging away. Everything is seemingly smooth. Everything is seemingly unchanging, or at least we know, slowly changing, seemingly controlled when all of a sudden there's an unexpected event that swoops in out of nowhere and, and abruptly changes and impacts the future and history forever. There's no going back. The mark has been made. You know this. All of those major events, while very major, absolutely. There's one event that we love to talk about at Christmas that made an even bigger impact on the world. One event that made an even more permanent impact on the world. And one event that actually impacts heaven more than any of those. And it impacts the very... Date system that we live in. Over 2,000 years ago, in a small town called Bethlehem, to a seemingly unimportant couple that was coming into town, had no place to stay, a town called Bethlehem in the Middle East, a man by the name of Jesus was born. And many people have, have, have argued and researched and fought to figure out, you know, was Jesus really a real person? Was Jesus really God? What we want to really focus in on today is when Jesus was born, he interjected a change in history that changed drastically the trajectory of the world. Christ's birth changed the course of history. It even separated history. Do you probably know this? We separate our date system. Our years are separated by the birth of Christ. We have B.C. and we have A.D. And B.C. really means before Christ, it, it's before Christ. It's before the, the birth of Christ. It's right there at, in that between one and one, even though historically most scholars kind of settle in that they miscalculated and it was actually like BC 6. But, but the point in case is that time changed when Jesus was born. The world changed. BC, BC means before Christ. And contrary to popular belief, you probably have thought about this. I, I always think AD means, means after death. Right. Well, if BC is before Christ, AD is after Christ's death. But it's actually, it's not after his death because if it was after his death, there would be a 33 year gap where we don't know what was happening. Um, But AD, actually, the Latin word is anno domini, which for our purposes today just means, in Latin, it means in the year of the Lord. In the year of the Lord. So I was surprised in 2016 when my wife and I purchased our house. um, At the top of our deed, it said 2016th year of our Lord. That is the year of the Lord. It's still listed right on there. And, and, And I see that and I think, wow. The impact of Christ's birth lives on. That every time someone, an atheist, writes the date, they're still they're proclaiming that Christ existed. If you write 2019, you're proclaiming, whether you know it or not, that 2019 years ago, Jesus was born. And he changed history. Christ's birth has impacted nations. It's impacted people's groups. It's impacted wars. it's impacts science. It impacts art. It impacts governments. History is permanently marked by the birth of, of our Savior. This past week, I, was, I had the uh, opportunity to sit down and spend a little bit of time with with uh, our rep- representative, Chris Dush, and he reminded me, the man impressed me on his knowledge of government and Bible. Uh, he's, a, he, he's an excellent Christian man, and he reminded me that anytime he's in Harrisburg and somebody says, don't you bring God into this house, he said, I, I'm reminded, he, said, he quoted for me verbatim, The the preamble to the constitution of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, which says, for our records today, it says, we, the people of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, grateful to almighty God for the blessing of civil and religious liberty and humbly invoking his guidance, do ordain and establish this constitution. Jesus was born into history and Jesus changed history permanently. He made history his story and he is touching everything. It's a beautiful thing that we've seen. We can't have an encounter with the son of God and walk away the same in the same way that that the world hasn't had an encounter with, with Jesus and walked away the same. So when we say B.C., Before Christ, this is the Old Testament. This is as Christmas comes in, and Christmas cuts history into two separate ages: the age of promise, the age of prophecy, and the age of fulfillment, the age of grace that we have the blessing of walking in. In Acts three twenty four, in Acts three twenty four, Luke writes, "And all the prophets who have spoken from Samuel and those who came after him also proclaimed these days." From Samuel all the way back, so I'll go all the way back to the book of Samuel, right up through the book of Malachi, the last book in your Old Testament. We see the final book, we see prophets proclaiming that these days would come, proclaiming and hopeful expectancy that Jesus is going to come, the Messiah is going to come, and when he does, the world is going to change. Things are going to be different. He's going to fulfill these prophecies. And after Malachi wrote his final prophecy, in the, you can read in the last probably two paragraphs of your Old Testament, you can see this proclamation that he is making, that Elijah is going to come, which we find is John the Baptist, Elijah is going to come proclaiming that the Messiah is coming right after me. He's going to come pro- proclaiming that I'm coming. And Malachi writes this, and there's another right about 400 years after his life. So for 400 years, roughly eight or more generations, people had been expecting, well, this is supposed to happen, this is supposed to happen, but, but there's no prophet. What's happened? I haven't heard anything. So people were kind of caught off guard when all of a sudden Jesus breaks into the scene. And so quietly born in Bethlehem but changes the world. Isaiah 53, the prophet Isaiah writes, which is this, the Old Testament's most descriptive prophecy of Jesus' crucifixion. He emphasizes Jesus as the sacrificial lamb, likening it to uh, sprinkling blood on the altar of the Old Testament times to take away sin. Because before the perfect lamb, that's how they found a way, that's how they could absolve their sin but so quickly would fall back into it. But now we have the beauty of the age of grace. So before Christ came into the world, BC, before Christ came into the world, we were captives to sin. We were captives to sin and deserve God's punishment. But now that Jesus has come and paid the price for our sin, we can be free from guilt and know God personally. Before Jesus, captives of sin, God's punishment, after Jesus has come, paid the price for our sin, we can be free of guilt and know God personally. What I believe and what I want you to understand today as we look at this difference between A.D. and B.C., B.C. and A.D., is that just like Jesus entered into our sinful world and changed it drastically by that encounter, you and I need to encounter Jesus, and when we do, you don't walk away the same. You're not going to walk away the same when Jesus interjects into your story. Have you had an encounter with Jesus? Do you have a before and after? Do you have a BC and an AD? Is there a line in your life of yesterday when I woke up, I was, but this morning when i woke up i am i was captive to sin now i am free from guilt and shame jesus wants to interject your story and when just like when he was introduced into history he made it his story he wants to interject into your story and he wants your story to be his story for his glory to live your life for his glory as he changes you, Jesus intercedes. Isaiah 53 says he bore our sin and he intercedes on behalf of our sin, our transgressions, that he intercedes for us. He's making intercessions for us even to this day. And as we, as we ask forgive, forgiveness, he steps in between us and God and as if he's intercepting a pass of punishment that was meant for us, he takes it for us. He takes the hit for us on the cross when he interjects into our story, when you meet Jesus. First John 3, 5 says, you know that he appeared in order to take away sins and in him there is no sin. He was the perfect lamb, the final sacrifice. God as man taking the penalties of the world. And in John 3, 8, just three verses later, it says the reason the son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. This passage is telling us, these verses are telling us that Jesus came into the world on that first Christmas in order to to intervene in your story and, and to overcome and destroy the works of the devil. That is, the one who brought sin into the world through his sinless life, he absolved all the effects of sin in your life for all who believe. The power of the gospel is salvation to all who believe that Jesus bore your sin on the cross. And when you lay your sin at the feet of Jesus, when you allow Jesus to, to, to change your story, you can begin to live for his glory and it will change your future. Just like it's Jesus shows up in time, time has changed. He changes yours. He may be changing you or maybe you still need that moment. Let's, let's just kind of bring this all together for us today in this understanding of being changed in a moment, by Christ, and having that B C A D line in your life. The apostle Peter, the disciple Peter. Peter was a tradesman, a blue collar guy. I was just kind of working, just kind of doing his thing, feeding his family, running his business. You know, catch fish, eat fish, sell fish. Catch not shellfish, selfish eat fish, catch fish, sell fish. And he's out in his boat and he had probably met Jesus before. He knew a little bit about Jesus. He'd heard about what was happening, not quite sure what's going on. But then all of a sudden Jesus walks over, just like you, you've probably heard about Jesus, whether you're following him or not. But he's just doing his day job, dropping the nets and fishing. And then Jesus walked over and he calls him and says, follow me. Peter drops his net and he follows him. Before Christ, BC, he was a good man. He was a fisherman. He was a family man. He was a businessman. After Christ, he became a leader among the disciples. Jesus called him the rock on which I will build my church. He was the one who would step out of the boat and walk on water with Jesus. He was the one who, after Jesus rose from the dead, Jesus would look at him and say, feed my sheep. Feed my lambs. All because when Jesus called him, he said yes. Changed his story. The apostle Paul was out getting permission to kill Christians. He hated Christians. He was doing everything he could to wipe the history, the existence of Jesus off of the map. And he was on a journey to a city called Damascus, And he was going there to continue that attack. And Jesus met him on that road and called him by name. He was a Pharisee who hated believers. But when Jesus interjected into his story on his behalf, he began a life to the very end of his life, preaching and planting churches unapologetically for the cause of Jesus changed him and when you meet Jesus it changes you and every believer walking has that BC AD moment yesterday I was but today I am have you met Jesus or are you still sitting in your BC just kind of Back in two thousand and eleven, I was not walking with the Lord, and i was I was doing a lot of bad things, running away from God, running away from church and running away from my family, but for some reason, unbeknownst to me at the time, of course, right God was pursuing me, and I was still doing things that was like, well, why but so I found myself uh, sitting in a Starbucks, and I was reading a book about Jesus. Even though I was in the process of moving towards sin in the process of denying Christ, I was, I was still searching. And for whatever reason, I walked into that Starbucks and I sat down by myself with my book about Jesus. And as I read and I prayed and considered, God met me there. And it was in that place by myself, just me and God, that I was moved to rededicate my life to Christ, and I began a trajectory since 2001, or 2011, of becoming closer and closer. My spiritual life has been on a, you know, up and down, but fairly steady incline since then, because the man who walked into that Starbucks is not the man who walked out. BCAD, there was no preacher, there was no service, there was no congregation, there was no altar, there was just me in a chair at a Starbucks in Christ. What's your BCAD moment? If you have one, pray on that. Meditate on that, praise God for that. If you don't have one, Jesus wants to invade the timeline of your life. He wants to forgive your past and he wants to permanently make his march on your, mark on your future. For his glory, you can live a life that follows him. He invites you to follow him. You get to choose. Do You wanna stay in the darkness of life before Christ? All that BC, they didn't have internet back then. BC. Or do you want to move into the AD? Do you want to move in to the years of the Lord? Because it will be the best years that you can live in this life. Won't you pray with me? the worship team is going to come and close us out with a Christmas song. The altars are open. If anyone wants to pray, you can continue to pray. Like I said, the altars are always open. You're always welcome to come and pray. Father God, I praise you for invading our timeline. I praise you, God, for for not letting us just cease to just like, ah, well, go ahead. I'm just going to spin the world and let you guys go do whatever you want to do, and we'll see what happens. Every now and again, people will crash into each other and die, but for the most part, life just keeps going, whatever no, you're a God who is intimately involved and, des- and desires to be intimately involved in our lives to the point that you sent Jesus and you into our timelines, and you want to send Jesus into our personal timelines. So, Lord, I pray that you do, that you do invade our hearts and change us, so that the trajectory of our lives, each one of our lives, will be closer and closer to you in our spiritual life, that we will worship you, that we will know you more, that we will follow you closer and closer every day, that we will love you, and love others, love you with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love our neighbors as ourselves, that we will live out the commandments that you have called us to, because you've invaded our timeline. Thank you, Jesus for Christmas, in your holy name, amen.